0: Yesterday when we were talking about this Daniel Smith tape and all the different reaction to it, we said, you know what, let's get somebody on here who um, understands the law and um, can walk us through if any you know, legal ramifications may come from this. So here we go with that. Eric Adams, legal historian, constitutional scholar, a lawyer, and a law professor at the University of Alberta. Eric, thanks for finding time for us again today. I do appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure, Shane. Glad to be here. Okay, so to start... Probably most importantly, the question, uh, the number one question, this is wildly inappropriate. We can talk about all the different ways it is in just a couple of minutes. But first of all, based on what we know, what we heard on that tape, does it appear that any laws have been broken to your thinking?
1: I think we're not talking about provisions of the criminal code that have been breached. I don't think there's any statute that I know of that uh, the premier is going to get charged under. We're we're not really in that realm. We're in the world of, of... of norms, values, yeah. ethics, basic uh, Judgment. the kind of expectations we have of political figures, and maybe especially of uh, premiers and cabinet ministers that get enforced uh, politically. It's not to say that they're not critical to the functioning of our government. A whole bunch of activities are not policed through the criminal code. They're policed through a common shared understanding of constitutional norms ethics and values and principles and uh, that's what we're talking about in terms of uh, this call
0: i think you're right and you know when we talk about that the norms the values the ethics the way the system is supposed to work um where did we go wrong with this and why is that important i guess it comes down to independence of the system right
1: uh, that's right. There's, there's, there's a number of dynamics here, but one of them is just the, the political judgment involved in taking that call in the first place. Uh, it brings the serious question why the premier thought that it was appropriate to be speaking to somebody facing criminal charges. Um, whoever arranged that, whatever back channels arranged that put those two individuals in contact for an 11 minute uh, phone call with uh, with the highest political uh, official elected official in in Alberta is just frankly uh stunning mm-hmm. A- and and the idea that that again we know that and you know Smith admits this on the call. They, they, they've they've got this. Uh, they've met some previous occasion. They 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 overlapped in Wild Rose circles. Um, she certainly knew of his work. She indicates, and they obviously have a number of points in contact. I'm going to talk to this lawyer. Oh yes, that lawyer is going to send me some you know judgment that that uh, I'll get back to you on about whether that you know makes me able to help your case. It, that's just not a fair system of justice. We cannot have some individuals, because of their connections or because of ideological sympathy, be able to get on the phone with the premier and have conversations about, let me see what I can do to help you to get out of your charges. Uh, We've got thousands of people facing criminal charges, and uh, I guarantee that, uh, that they don't have access to the premier of the province. It, it it's a little bit like saying what what just as a thought experiment think about okay the ucp comes across a phone call between Rachel Notley, when she's premier, and some head of a union that that gets charged with uh, you know obstruction of justice, and Rachel Notley says, "Well, look, uh, you know we know so and so in common. Uh, let me see what I can do. I'm going to circle back to you if I can help you out here." Uh, the UCP would 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 lose their mind, of course, and rightly so, because you just can't have a system of justice depend on who you know and what your connections are. That's the disintegration of the rule of law, and i frankly I have to. Put it
0: that highly um uh, yeah i think that's that's what we're talking about here the, the other question i wanted to ask you while i've got you is uh there are now threats of suing uh the ndp and the cbc for defamation um what let's define defamation um th- i don't think there's a defamation case here but it, to, to prove defamation what do you have to do it, to, to,
1: to sue in defamation you've got to have a um, an untruthful statement that uh, that That was harmful to your reputation in a way that uh, that that you know the reasonable people would would think less of you as a result of the of the false uh, the false uh, statement. So uh, one of the the um, defenses to defamation is a, it was the truth. um and two, uh, a, a large set of defenses called fair comment. So um, you know you're not defending yourself uh, that that the statement is true, but that you are participating in good faith in a public conversation that was uh, that was important. And so the journalists, if they ever get sued, and frankly I'd be shocked if they were, uh, they will be arguing the defense of both truth and fair comment, and um, that would involve then the UCP involving themselves in uh an extensive litigation in which documents uh, get uh, disclosed, and there's cross examination of of Daniel Smith, I just don't see it happening. What unfortunately we see a lot of in our culture right now, especially on Twitter, is people say, I'm going to sue you for defamation, yeah. that's defamatory. That's meant to you know quiet everyone down. It's also meant to communicate to your supporters uh look i've been I've been wronged here. Those things are lies but then nobody actually follows through on the defamation yes. lawsuit. So we throw around defamation a lot, um, as a political tool. Very rarely does it actually become a, a case.
0: Um, last one and I'll let you go. And, and this is, um, and I think it's sort of the key element here for me anyway, is the fact that she says on the tape and we've heard her say before in press conferences that she's asked crown prosecutors whether or not, uh, there was something that could be done. Um, and then she comes back and says, "No, that was imprecise language. I haven't spoken to anybody at the Crown Prosecutor's office, and the Crown prosecutor's office has said, "You know what? she hasn't. She hasn't called us. so in terms of the legality and the, and, and the legal exposure here, would that be the only way that this would suddenly become something more than just an appalling lack of judgment?"
1: I think that's right. It, it, it's, it's, this is a confusing part of the story. It is, because yeah. There are just so, so many statements. And on more than one occasion, yep. the premier has said, "I'm speaking regularly to crown prosecutors." She has, in other instances, said, "Well, I didn't actually mean that. I meant the uh, deputy minister yes, yeah, of justice. Yeah. I, I meant the ministers." It's hard to know what obviously is transpiring behind closed doors, and we've got this mixed uh, record on 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 you know the comments about about I spoke to them, and then she says, "No, I didn't speak to them." Um, if she's speaking to prosecutors, it's at another level of, yes. of scandal because that's that is direct interference in the prosecution yeah. of a specific criminal matter, and um, I you know someone should not survive politically if if that's what we are talking about if it's if it's not that if she's just pressuring the deputy minister of justice by repeatedly saying um you know are you making sure that this is actually in the public interest when you say that you know weekly or seven or eight times um you, you know is that a is that a form of pressure right. of sure a form of political interference it, it would seem likely that it is um but the but but that's less serious than calling up the prosecutor uh, herself and and telling her to do
0: to draw up the case. Wine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, Eric, as always, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you being here.